You're listening to the Hire Through Retire podcast with Boya leaders Bill Harmon and Heather Lavalley, tackling all things workplace from 401ks to HSAs and everything in between. We're talking to the best and brightest in the industry to bring you the latest in benefits, savings, and investment trends. Come along with us on our journey to help all Americans become well-planned, well-invested, and well-protected. Welcome back to the Hire Through Retire podcast. I'm here today again with my friend, colleague, and co-host, Heather Lavalley. But Heather, before I turn it over to you, I don't know if you can tell, I've lost my voice. I've lost my voice because I have been hooting and hollering all weekend celebrating this incredible news of your appointment as a CEO of all of Voya. And and it's exciting news, not just for Voya, but really for the industry. And I I got to tell you, you've been an incredible leader in so many roles, but particularly for advocating for underserved communities and examples of what you've done with FOIA Cares for the special needs community and their caregivers, for other underserved communities like ethnic communities with our purpose work and with Just Right Advantage. And so, so deserving. And I just got to tell you, you mean the world to me. So if I could just say this on air, and this is the nicest I'll ever be for sure. I am so happy and proud of you. Thank you, Bill. As we often talk about, I've said you've been my work brother for a number of years, and I am unbelievably honored and humbled for this opportunity. And I just keep saying the future is unbelievably bright for for us, not only at Voya, but as an industry. So excited to be back with everyone today. And I think our topic today and our guest today could not be more appropriate when you talk about doing things for the underserved and really having a mark on their employees' lives all for the better. So I'll just jump right in and Bill, thank you for those, for those kind words. But you know, we just have such a, an exciting guest here today. One who is going to sound very familiar um, as she and her team have recently been recognized by Plan Sponsor Magazine as the winner of the 2022 Plan Sponsor of the Year Award for the Public Defined Contribution Category. Joining us today is Beth Conrad Sincleary, Executive Director at the City of Milwaukee. So, you know, as part of their continued commitment to the participants' financial health and retirement success, Beth and her team have been implementing some just amazing work when it comes to supporting racial disparities in savings and participation rates, specifically as it relates to the retirement plans uh, they offer their employees. And I've had the privilege of, uh, of knowing Beth over these past five years, but the work that the City of Milwaukee's Deferred Compensation Plan has made to significant structural changes, created partnership programs that has just resulted in material improvements in the financial well-being of the city employees. Most importantly, these improvements have particularly benefited employee demographics who have historically been underserved, uh, including women, people of color, and non-collectively bargained employees. So without further ado, I know it's a long intro, Beth, but uh, just a huge welcome to our chat and thank you for being here today. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. And I've, like you said, we've gotten to know each other the last five years. Same with Bill. And um, it's been great to see you rise to now the leadership, the soon-to-be leadership of the company. So congratulations. I'm, I'm thrilled for everyone involved. Thank you. Thank you so much, Beth. So let's start by sharing a little bit more about you and about your role within the city of Milwaukee. You know, can you give us the specifics of what role do you play when it comes to helping your participants with greater retirement savings? Sure. So as executive director, there's a small team that I work with for the city. So really, um, we depend heavily on a lot of our our partners, such as Voya um, and our investment managers, our investment consultants, people who help bring best practices with their expertise. But my role is 
predominantly it's to oversee the plan and to make sure that everything runs smoothly. We have a board of fiduciaries and they're all members of the plan themselves. Most of them are employees of the city of Milwaukee. So I work with the fiduciaries and I help just guide, make sure things are on track, that we, we are doing the best we can to reach out to our employees. And one of the things that we've done um, that has worked really well, and I'll be talking about that later in this conversation is um, benchmarking and really getting a sense of where are we, where do we want to go? How do we get there? And it's been a really good measuring stick to help us take a, a good hard look at where we were. And like you mentioned, we, you know, there were a lot of really great design changes that were made. So my job is to make sure that those are implemented and, and running smoothly and that any improvements we can make, um, we do that. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. You know, Beth, I, uh, I really enjoyed meeting you. I think it was right before COVID. Um, and we spent some time together at a conference. And even just what you said is, I think, what attracted me to you. I kept finding myself over to you. I hope you didn't find that it was stalking you too much. But it, I loved your curiosity. I loved how you were asking questions. I saw you talking to other clients and, and just trying to find out what best practices. And that just shows that when you talk about we're trying to benchmark, how are we doing? We might think we're doing well, but maybe there's opportunity for growth. Let's dig in a little bit further to this topic. And you'd mentioned some racial disparities in savings and participation rates in retirement plans. And we know from the data that we've seen that some of the statistics that plan sponsors are seeing, it's sobering. And specifically, some industry data has shown that 68% of white non-Hispanic families have a retirement savings account, but that compares to only 41% with Black families or 35% for Hispanic families. So that is sobering. With that as a backdrop, can you talk about some of the review and research that you've done with your own plan with the city of Milwaukee and maybe some of the divides within your own plan data? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, before I get into that, I just I think it's really important to tell you a couple of things. One is I stand on the shoulders of a lot of really important work that's been done by my predecessor who helped lead us towards making these plan design changes. And she was the one that looked at this picture and took a step back. And she and I want to start by saying she did a brilliant thing. She invited, and when I say she, Margaret Dawn is my predecessor. So she was um, did some wonderful things for our plan prior to me moving into that role. But one of the things she did is she invited Melody Hopson to come and speak. And this was, I think, 2015. She brought her to speak to a bunch of stakeholders, not just in the city, but also the county, Milwaukee County. So we're talking about um, officials, department heads, anyone in the financial industry community, anybody who wanted to hear more about what she had to share. Melody Hobson, for those that don't know, she's, she's definitely someone you need to know about. She is with Aerial Investments, and she's also done some really cool things. I think she's still on the, the board of directors for Starbucks, and she's been a huge giant in the industry when it comes to being a voice about racial and gender disparities and retirement goals and savings. And she was talking about it before it was a popular topic to talk about. If you learn why she cares so much and why she's so passionate, I mean, you understand that she has such a unique perspective herself. She grew up with this chronic financial insecurity scenario where she didn't like the fact that she didn't know, you know, if when they were going to have to move and because they got evicted or not having enough money to pay their bills. So they had their water shut off. And the story that she tells is very personal, obviously, but it drove her to learn as much as she could. And now, now that she's in this 
role. I think she's most recently, I, I was really pleased. I saw that she's the first female black part owner of an NFL team. So I thought that was really cool too. But she's just an incredible human being. Yeah. So she, she is passionate for a good reason as to making sure that the world knows we can and need to do better in serving various populations of our community. So she came, she spoke, people heard, and it, it gave our board pause and it basically said, all right, what is our mission statement? Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Are we doing what we say we're supposed to be doing? And our mission statement boils down to, we want to help people retire with dignity. And the question that we asked ourselves is, are we doing that for all of our employees? So then we started to sharpen our pencils and benchmark and look at this. And we, we sliced and diced and we looked at it for race, for gender, for salary quartile, for age. And we wanted to get a really clear understanding of how are we doing? And the two main things that we measured were participation rates and contribution percentiles. And that was back in 2016, we started to do that. And so we've been um, periodically benchmarking it every quarter thereafter. And the story that we're able to tell as a result of that benchmarking is pretty powerful. There's been um, a big shift that we did with our plan design changes, and it resulted in um, implementing auto enrollment for all of our employees, except for fire and police that are still collectively bargained. That was a huge game changer. Of course, people can opt out, but it was a, it was a big way to basically level the playing field. And when we did the auto enroll, it was at 3%. And from there, we decided, okay, we're going to start to really connect with people and educate. And not just when they first start with the plan or when they're ready to retire, but we're going to start to focus on financial wellness and education and really focus on like the life chapters amongst our employees. So like I was saying, we have this, this huge spectrum when it comes to financial literacy for our employees, everything from people who may have a GED equivalency or even less, all the way up to PhDs, MDs, attorneys, and everybody in between. So the whole challenge of how do we meet people where they're at, both in their life chapters and also with their understanding of financial literacy and what they need to look at. So that's a long-winded answer to your question, but these are this is how it all started is us taking a good hard look and, and bringing in someone who is an expert on this topic and very passionate and had some amazing perspectives to share from her own life to basically saying, we as a whole, as an industry, we have to do better. And, and then as a plan, we started to ask ourselves, well, what can we do? And are we doing, are we doing okay? And we weren't. So all these changes, it may sound simple, but it was a Herculean effort, but to have her come in and point the finger and crystallize the issue, it, that, that's what moved the needle for everything. So Beth, I'll build on that. I mean, you said definitely had the watershed moment for the board and really inspired. And then you touched on this a little bit of some of the tactics, right? You put in plan design changes, the auto features in to drive, uh, to drive the improvements. But can you, can you talk about some of the more immediate impacts that you saw on these demographic groups as a result of the change, right? You talked a little bit about yeah. Um, kind of the auto enrollment, but love to hear a little bit more about, about those specific impacts. Yeah. So just looking at the numbers, and this is pre-design changes to now where we are today. So at the fourth quarter of 2016, um, if we're just going to look at the breakdown based off of our employees, um, based off of race. So we had 62% participation for our Black employees, 69 for Latino. Um, and then in general, it was 70% participation. 
the current numbers are Black participant participation is at 90%, Latino is at 88%, and in general, we're at 89%. And keep in mind, this is a defined contribution plan that we have in addition to our defined benefit plan, too. So we're really trying to help get people on track for retirement and the big picture of what it means when they are retiring. So we knew that this was a very important part of that retirement journey for our employees. And so we were really thrilled to see that our numbers had evened out. Just looking at the contribution levels, um, our Black employees were at 4%, Latino 5.1%, and in general 6.0. That has jumped to present day. Our Black participants are at 5.7%, Latino at 7.0%, and in general, we're at 7.6%. So all of this, all of these um, design changes and um, the constant, I also say it's not just that, that sets everything in motion, but it's with our our strategic partnership of working with our, like specifically our VOIA educators who work with our participants and make sure that they learn as much as they can and that they understand what their scenario is and how they can make their dreams and goals for retirement a reality. So that's a great segue, Beth. And first, congratulations. I mean, just amazing, amazing results. When you talk about participation rates, where they are and contribution rates and the increases and and the intentionality of the board really is amazing. Um, But I'm going to ask you a little bit more about the education of the employee base and how you just started to touch on that a little bit around how you're talking about talking to your employees about the savings gaps and, and how you ensure they're engaging and remaining engaged through education. Maybe just provide a little bit more color for our listeners. Sure. So another part of what we've been able to build upon and is our financial wellness program. And a lot of people um, want to know more about how we were able to successfully set it up. Like, and what that means is how are you able to get people to engage, right? That's the magic question everybody wants to know. We're very fortunate in that we represent the financial wellness component of our city's overall wellness program. And that overall program, that has an infrastructure in place that we just plug and play into. And it's a point-based structure where when people participate in wellness opportunities, including financial wellness, they get points. And those points can accumulate over a time frame, and they can get money towards an HSA. So they and their spouse can get up to $700. You know, everybody understands the rising rates of healthcare costs. That makes a big difference for people. So there's a huge motivation piece that helps. And what we do is we provide points through people participating in financial wellness seminars, as well as one-on-one consultation. We double the points that people incur, um, meet with one of our, our VOIA educators and have a consultation. We also have, like everybody else, we have had to reinvent how we do things in the last couple of years with the pandemic. So one thing that's been really helpful in terms of literally meeting people where they're at is we went virtual with our seminars. And beyond that, we made the decision to be um, to make them pre-recorded so that people didn't have to be available live. And that is a huge bonus for that convenient factor. People can enjoy a seminar on their couch at one in the morning in their pajamas and nobody cares, right? So it's a, it's a way for people to have access in a way that they didn't, um, especially if people are in working municipality, some people are working in the field, some people are working at home, some people are at the office, but this just gives a whole lot of more variety. And when we do that consultation, and we try to funnel people towards those consultations, because we know that that's where all the good stuff happens. The magic really happens when you have those one-on-one conversations. And mostly because a lot of people 
they want to have that connection with someone where they don't feel embarrassed to ask questions or they have someone that can guide them and understand what it is that they're looking to do. And if they don't know what they're looking to do, we fall back on, let's talk about financial wellness in general. And Zoya has a really great tool and assessment that goes through these you know, six pillars and it looks at the broad picture. So we've got great opportunities to have different points of engagement depending on where people are at. Um, what their goals are and how they want to get there. So that's kind of all how we approach it. You know, I heard you say a few times, meeting people where they are, you know, in everyone's situation so different. And I think really what did come out of the pandemic is that we all learned that we have to adapt to everyone's individual needs. And so you'd mentioned HSAs. You know, one of the things that we've heard many employers talk about since the pandemic is this increasing need and and really interest from their employee base to talk about programs that are, you know, we've got your retirement program, and that's one of your workplace savings programs, but really it coordinates with other workplace savings programs. Like you mentioned, HSA, or it could be emergency savings, and really collectively and interdependently, those contribute towards better financial wellness and support towards financial wellness. So can you tell us a little bit about how the city of Milwaukee's talked about these types of programs? in unison, um, independently, to sort of supplement the great efforts that are going on within the retirement plan. Sure, and I'll take it a step further. So one of the things that we talk about when we want to help prepare our employees for what their reality is going to look like once they're retired on the other side, right? We talk about the number one factor, especially prior to being Medicare eligible, is the, ho- the cost of health care. And so that's another thing that we talk about in, in terms of this retirement vehicle that's available to them and how that can really be the way to supplement those costs that you don't even know are coming. So we we talk about that a lot, but when it comes to HSA, thankfully we've had the program for a good over 10 years. So our employees are pretty well versed on how it all works, but we do a lot of synergy, I would say with all of our wellness partners and we meet on a quarterly basis. And I think that that's one of the biggest takeaways that I've had, and uh, you mentioned that I that I ask a lot of questions, and it's true. I mean, I always I want to know like how can we connect the dots more when it comes to synergy and making sure that that communication happens. And one thing that I, I'm really proud of with the city of Milwaukee is with our wellness program, we have what we call wellness champions. So each department has a designated person that gets completely plugged in, and they are the pivotal role that disseminates information. And not only that, but they know the culture of their departments and how to connect with those people. So we make them the mini experts and they're like the the fulcrum point for us to reach out to if we ever need to connect. There's a lot of networking amongst the benefits, amongst the employees, amongst the departments, but just to make sure that people are aware, they're plugged in, that they understand what's available to them. And and honestly, and I've, I've been to, I think it was at a Voya seminar at one point, someone had a really good perspective about nowadays how our suite of benefits looks so different than what they did when our grandparents, you know, were employed. And it was very basic, right? It can be complex and trying to figure out and connect the dots and navigate. And, um, and that's another reason why, you know, one thing we try to do that's really intentional was when, when people start employment and they, they get gear and headlights with a lot of their benefits and their orientation. So we, we give it a little bit of time and then we have people do that personal touch and our educators, our boy educators, they go and they, they make that personal call to new employees and they say, hey, uh, do you have any questions? And 
they just give them a moment to breathe and pause and to really sit back and think about what is what this additional benefit is and how they can work with it. You know, again, it's, it's meeting people where they're at and it's trying to connect the dots with all the other benefits out there. Beth, I have to say, this has just been such an incredible and, and uh, inspiring conversation. And you've just offered our listeners some really valuable insight um, that we know that they can take away and, and look to implement in their own plans. So I'm going to uh, end our time together by asking you one final question. We started the program today talking about your team's goals, the broader gaps that we're seeing across the industry when it comes to the historically underserved as an industry, if we really want to help those individuals and make an impact, then these are all of the opportunities that we can be implementing and trying. So with that, I'd like to ask you, what advice would you have for employers and benefit administrators looking to implement some of these ideas or practices for their own employee base? How can they get started? Really good question. And it's also a loaded question, Heather. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's a multifaceted uh, question and approach, I would say look for the best practices, figure out how you, I mean, don't reinvent the wheel. They're out there already. I think trying to be, use as much human touch as possible really in this day and age makes a huge difference when you're connecting and finding ways to, again, meet people where they're at. But when it comes to um, the best practices of behavioral economics, I mean, that's where the design changes are huge. I know that sometimes legislatively, legally, it can be some barriers to try to get something like the auto enrollment, but if you're able to definitely go that route, that can be the biggest game changer. And to be honest, that frees you up and allows you to focus on other things that your plan can offer. If you're not constantly trying to engage people to enroll in the plan and it's just happening automatically, unless people choose to opt out, of course, then you have a lot more capacity to meet people where they're at and to do more education and guidance. If you can put things like the pre-recorded seminars in place and find creative ways to do that, that gives you more capacity to do phone calls and consultations and the different conversations and the engagement points where that makes a big difference as well. And I think just in general, showing your employees that you really care about them and their journey and as an employee, but also beyond. So all of those things, I think, make a, make a big difference. Thanks, Beth. And I'll, and I'll also give you and your uh, team huge kudos, as well as your predecessor of getting the board aligned, right? You talked about that as uh, so important to change those. So just, Beth, thank you so much for, uh, for being here uh, with us today. Just really a fantastic conversation. You're welcome. Thank you. You know, Beth, this was a great conversation. And one I'm sure our listeners will certainly learn from. I also want to echo my thanks. And I want to say another quick congratulations again on the program for being recognized as plan sponsor of the year for these incredible efforts. I'm sure our listeners will nod their head and say, yep, I get it. So kudos and appreciate you sharing this incredibly valuable information with us today. I also uh, want to say thank you to our listeners for joining us today. Please continue to be safe and stay well. This information is provided by Voya for your education only. Neither Voya nor its representatives offer tax or legal advice. Any opinions expressed within do not necessarily reflect those of the Voya family of companies or its representatives and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Please consult your tax or legal advisor before making a tax-related investment or insurance decision.